Hey, it's nice to start a podcast without uh, Scott Sutter coming in and ruining it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's always happy when we uh, shout him out on this podcast. He was particularly happy when you yelled at him last week. So uh, <laughs> here you are yelling at him again, kind of. <laughs> did he listen to the episode? Did any of you? Yeah, uh, he did. Yeah, what did he? He wasn't. He didn't. Uh, he he didn't said appreciate that. He said he was happy that he was the first guest star on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show in which we discuss movies, games, and TV shows, in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Jimmy Uthi, joined by my, joined by my co-host slash reptilian, Holden Sutter. I'm here. I'm a lizard, and I'm also three and a half hours south of you, but soon, I'll be back. We've got a great show for you today, highlighted by our retro review, our first ever retro review, Ooh. and then it'll be Quentin Tarantino's Jackie Brown. Holden, let's do it. That one movie podcast. Stomp. Holden, it's good to be talking to you. It's good yeah. to be here in Sioux Falls, <laughs> South Dakota, where you will be soon. Yeah. On we have got a great episode. Yeah, we've got a great episode today. I've got a spooky random segment coming Ooh, up. But well, it's not Halloween. Not, not, you should have saved it. <laughs> it's not It's not that spooky. It's more just like depressing and disturbing. All right, you better bring up a spooky one when it comes Halloween. Okay. Okay, hold on. I promise. But first, it's time to do Tom's. The Toms, the Toms, the Toms, the Toms. Holden, Toms is a rapid-fire game in which we rate the news from this week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Broca, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Broca is the highest rating, Bombadil is the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Holden, are you finally ready for some Toms? You know, Jimmy, I'm really not sure. We've got some uh, some interesting news this week, so we'll see. Uh, we got quite a bit, I think. Yes, so. a, lo- a lack of news l- last week. A lot of news this week to make up for it. Some clunkers, some good ones, and uh, well, let the Toms decide. Holden, let's start off. Let's start off with a potentially bright spot. Okay. We had Gamescon. Oh yeah, occur. this week some gaming news to kick it off. Here we do cover a little bit of gaming. Occasionally, on that one gaming podcast. I mean, movie podcast. Ooh, yes, we <laughs> almost slipped there. <laughs> a little slip up there. Um, so Gamescon, I wanted to highlight a couple things we saw uh, over the course of this, uh, neither of which were The Last of Us Part Two. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, to be expected, sad. Jimmy's upset, though. Uh, let's talk about Hideo Kojima's upcoming game, Death Stranding. We got a few gameplay <laughs> looks at it. Very interesting, to say the least. Holden, your take. All right, so I just watched that uh, main gameplay trailer they released, and boy, oh boy, you get a pee in it. <laughs> I'm pretty excited. <laughs> you get a pee in the game. I'm, There's a pee meter. I'm, I'm not going to lie. That made me less interested in the game, that <laughs> gameplay trailer. Yeah, I thought well, I was like, you're literally just a wandering mailman who I, has to pee. 
I was... And then you're waking him up, and he's like, no, no, I, I, I want to sleep for a little bit longer. The first 30 seconds or yeah, so of that trailer. Yeah, it's just him, like, it's, it's just like a 360 sleeping. shot I get around his head. I, I do not understand, like, why they picked this gameplay segment. I, I think... Just because it's Kojima, I think he's just trying to subvert our expectations of the actual game. So the gameplay uh, I, clip that he decided on was just, like, the most boring, menial part of the game. In the context of that, the, the guy you meet who's like, thanks for the package, deliver the package. That was the host of that GamesCon event. Was it? So I believe so. Okay. Right? Because- I believe he was the host of that, and he's like, hey, I'm in the game. See? Oh, okay. I didn't pick up on that, but like when I was watching the trailer, I heard people like cheering when he came on. I wasn't really listening to what he was saying, I guess, but yeah, okay. Uh, there were a couple other little peaks. Uh, there was one called Mama, which was interesting. If you saw that one, I uh, did not, but I know the characters played by an actress I like, so yes. And then we also got a sneak peek at uh, Guillermo del Toro's character. Who is oh man I f- I forgot his name Dead Man Dead Man I think it's Dead oh, Man it's, it's something I, like that now that now that it's, you it, yeah um is he alive is he dead is he stranded in death death, death stranding <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, very interesting concepts explored through this i wouldn't be surprised if this game ends up being incredibly controversial in the united oh, states oh yeah i'm sure with it all the because he's like the fetus doesn't survive it's just a piece of equipment i'm like this is gonna go over well <laughs> oh I, okay i mean i guess oh, i didn't i, I hope i hope about. people just overlook it but i i don't want to <laughs> see just p- people who don't know what they're talking about just attacking video you're games you're gonna see like Breitbart be like oh this game like it's pro-abortion <laughs> wants to kill our children uh hopefully not hopefully uh it hopefully it uh avoids that and it's a great game I'm cheering for it but I I'm not gonna lie I was less I was less enthused about it after GamesCon than before GamesCon so I'm yeah. gonna give the Death Stranding gameplay a Bergeron I'm didn't gonna- impress me <laughs> But didn't completely turn me away. I'm going to give it a Bergeron, but more from... It's more positive for me just because it was still, like, bizarre and weird. And I'm sure that's not what the whole game is like. It, like, has to be or else that game is going to be terrible. (laughs) I know. I'm like, this is the gameplay we've seen. If it's just this... It surely can't be. Everything else we've seen, it's like... Because after watching it, I'm like... I don't want to play that. <laughs> that we'll looks, see. I'm like, I'll, this could be a flop. I really hope I'm it's gonna not. I'm going to give it a Bergeron. I have trust in you, Hideo Kojima. Please don't flop. All right, Holden. Square Enix. Today, earlier today. Really? If you're listening to this. I Well, I haven't edited by the end of the night, so <laughs> yesterday, if you're listening to this tomorrow and whenever. Yeah. G- game's gone. When you're listening, whenever. 2019. Square Enix showed us today... 18 minutes of gameplay for their upcoming Avengers video game set to be released okay. in May next year. Did you see this, Holden? Did you I, catch this? I didn't see it, but I was reading an article about the gameplay. I didn't actually watch it, though. 
Um, yeah, I would honestly. I didn't look at the comments or anything, so I don't really know how other people reacted to it. I heard there's gonna be some like cosmetic loot things you have to uh, pay for in the game great. that are optional. People were, but like the the skilled stuff and the just like the the better in-game stuff sure. to improve your abilities is just earned through the game. You don't have to pay for that. It's just cosmetic. Okay, I guess the completely optional stuff. Yeah. Um. So I personally don't have a problem with that. What I wasn't too impressed by this game either. It just looked very generic in the combat because it really? was very similar to what we saw at E3 with the um, the A day as they call it that prologue. I mean, there were literally like three minutes of this trailer were just the same thing that was in the E3 trailer. Okay. Um, it just didn't it didn't do it for me. It just I don't know if it was the animation sense for me. Um, I did not think the quips by the characters were funny at all. Okay. Um, it like as Thor's character especially was did was not impressive to me. Did it? Uh, uh, did it actually show like any of the combat? Yeah, I was not impressed okay. by the combat. See. It looked very generic to me. Um, one thing I I noticed. I don't know if anybody else has talked about this, but um, it just like the the impact of like punching someone doesn't seem to exist. I don't like it doesn't feel like you don't feel the weight. Like you know, if you're playing Uncharted or the Arkham games, you like when you hit somebody, mm. you hit somebody, and there's like a weight to it. This game, it just looks. They hardly move. Like, um, there's a, a bit towards the end where Black Widow is fighting. Uh, oh, um, oh man, I'm just completely blanking. Uh, task ma- Taskmaster. Okay. Um, she's fighting him, and she's like punching him, and he like he hardly flinches. And you're like supposed to be inflicting damage. I just it didn't. It wasn't sold to me at all. And I don't know if that's what kind of made me feel a disconnect with the combat. I just was thoroughly underwhelmed I, by the gameplay in this. It was a lot of, like, just a reticle. It looked very easy, for one. It looked incredibly easy. Um, which was... The the AI seemed to be, like, irrelevant. Yeah. Um, I know this is probably in the beginning of the game. I've heard it's kind of just like a tutorial level, mm-hmm. so it literally might be the first thing you do. Um so, but I don't know why you would show that in a trailer unless there's just super heavy story spoilers. They did emphasize the focus on the narrative mm. in this game, which is a plus for me because I'm I'm a narrative uh, person. Yeah, I like I will endure a game if it's ga- if it's actual gameplay is okay if the narrative is really solid. Um, but just it just seemed very generic. I'll just keep going back to that word. It didn't. It's like they kind of phoned it in for the combat and kind of have it blend all the characters with just kind of like different character styles rather than a like a unique thing for each character. That's interesting because um, I heard the opposite. Like all the game. That's just that's the way it looked. So maybe playing the game is different. I I hope so, but um, it's just like, I mean they did different things, but it all seemed to boil down to just like oh you have a reticle you aim it at the bad guy and you have your power up is you know re- refilled from when you last used it so you can use it I'd rather and they just mow down people and it's like there's no need it didn't seem fluid to me I don't know it just maybe I'm just being really negative towards it but I, I was are. very underwhelmed all the 
all the stuff that I had read is that it's pretty good. I've heard that the different characters, according to the people who have played it, do have like different styles of fighting. Um, and overall, the reaction online has been pretty positive, actually. I, from what well, I've that's seen, good. That's good. The and then, on the hopefully, that's I've from read. people. Yeah, the people playing it. If that's coming from them, because obviously I haven't played it. it wasn't at Gamescom, mm-hmm. so I mean, I, I hope so. I'm definitely rooting for this game. Yep. Want it to be great. Hope it's good. But I'm just gonna say that the feeling I got after watching the the Spider-Man E3 showing, you know, when they first showed off the gameplay for that, completely mesmerized by the fluidity of the combat and everything. Whereas this, I was like, yeah, just kind of looks like they phoned it in. Hopefully not. I'm gonna give it a bird run. I'm gonna give it a bird run too. That's interesting. I when I first saw this. The Spider-Man E3, I thought it looked really cool, but I was really skeptical because it just seemed so scripted. So, like, yeah. when I first saw the the very first E3 reveal of that, I was probably more skeptical about that. But I don't know. I guess I haven't seen this trailer yet, so I'm just if you watch this, on. if you watch this trailer, the bad guys seem so unintimidating. Like they shoot these guns. It's kind of like the uh, Jedi Fallen Order thing, where like the blaster fire seems to just move through molasses. It's just so slow. They look like they're not going to do any damage to you. That's fine. Again, <laughs> early part of the game. But, I mean, like, it doesn't look satisfying to take people out. Like, that's just the way it looked. Okay. Hopefully it's a completely different experience when you have it in your hand. Let's move on. I we hope get so. your opinion Let's move on, on it. <laughs> we get it. Okay. Holding some Tarantino news before we get into Ooh, Tarantino's Tarantino movie. News. Apparently, Quentin Tarantino binged all the Marvel movies before Avengers Endgame. In particular, he liked the original Avengers movie and Thor Ragnarok. Okay. That's good. Those are good picks. I When he started saying Thor, I was like, oh, please don't say either of the others. <laughs> <laughs> that would not fit in line at all. But yeah, I can see him liking uh, kind of the, the the campiness of the first Avengers and then the uh, just like the comedy and uh, creativity of Thor Ragnarok. That makes sense. He also appreciated some of the homages to his films in the MCU. He thought it felt it made him feel uh, in, uh, good. Yeah, when I guess when Nick Fury's grave has a uh, has the Pulp Fiction yeah. quote on it, Ezekiel, whatever. Yeah, that that one I noticed in theaters, and I like when I, I I saw it with one of my friends, and I like turned to him and I like hit him. I'm like, oh my god, that's the quote from Pulp Fiction. I, I was so <laughs> excited. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'm gonna give this a broca. Good on Quentin Tarantino yeah, for glad he's, uh, glad he's not a. Is it Steven Spielberg who hates those movies? I don't know. It's probably Steven Spielberg. He hates Netflix. <laughs> I'll just lump them in. <laughs> <laughs> just, just put them over. There. Christopher Nolan probably doesn't like oh, them. Oh, that's true too. Uh, Michael Rooker. Uh, A.K.A. Yandu from Guardians of the Galaxy will be in the Fast and the Furious Nine. Okay. <laughs> yep, Great. that's about my reaction too. <laughs> I mean, he's, he'll probably be a villain. I'll g- you think so? Yeah, I don't for, know for a, a movie or two, and then he'll have to spin off, and then he'll be a good guy <laughs> inexplicably. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll give it a Bertrand. I don't whatever. I'll probably see it right. now. <laughs> Olden, I'm sure you probably heard about this movie, The Hunt. Yeah, this has been this controversial movie. Um, we kind of heard from the director uh it universal pulled this movie because mm-hmm. it 
kind of in the midst of two more mass shootings in the United States in Dayton and El Paso. Uh, just because there's gun violence in this movie, um, Universal, and it's very people interpreted it as being a very politi- uh, polarized political movie. So Universal just decided it was best to pull it. It's supposed to be released, I believe, this month, August. Um, and it will not be. We kind of learned some stuff from the people who were behind it. I'll read a quick synopsis here just to give you an idea about the, what the movie was about. Twelve strangers wake up in a clearing. They don't know where they are or how they got there. They don't know how. They don't know they've been chosen for a very specific purpose, the hunt. In the shadow of a dark internet conspiracy theory, a group of globalist elites gathers for the very first time at a remote manor house to hunt humans for sport. But the elite's master plan is about to be derailed because one of the hunted, Crystal, knows the hunter's games better than they do. She turns the tables on the killers, picking them off one by one as she makes her way toward the mysterious woman, Hilary Swank, at the center of it all. The script was written by Damon Lindelof, uh, famous for his work on Lost and The Leftovers, as as well as Nick Cuse, who also wrote episodes of The Leftovers. Uh, Lindelof apparently is a major proponent of the Democratic Party and has donated large amounts of of money to Democratic candidates in the past in the United States. Cuse, on the other hand, is a registered Republican, uh, but did reveal that he donated to one of... uh, Democrat Elizabeth Warren's campaigns in the past. Uh, the director said the film was uh, Craig Zobel is his name, said the film was not meant to be politically divisive at all. It was. Uh, he claimed that it was uh, made to satirize both sides of a polarized America. He believed the film would not inspire, in, inspire violence, but he supports Universal Studios' uh, decision to pull the film after the recent mass shootings, and he hopes audiences will one day get to see his movie. Okay. Um, I think I, I am really, like, against movies being pulled uh, unless for, like, a political reason, unless they are of some sort of immediate danger to people or if it's like really just bad taste like really bad taste this movie is not like it's i don't think it's really political at all from what i could tell i watched the trailer it doesn't really look that political and it's not like about a mass shooting if it was a movie about like say satirizing a mass shooting yeah okay that yeah. would be worth pulling <laughs> i get that but this movie it's like it's not a anything like that i think it's a really a a stupid move to pull this movie um i think it's just it's one of those situations where people made headlines that were misleading and it just kind of built this reputation uh rightfully or wrongfully for this movie that um universal didn't want to have to deal with you know a group of people being incredibly Mm. upset and potentially boycotting other their other movies. Um, <clears throat> I agree. I'm not in favor of censoring this stuff. I hope one day it will be released in in one form or another. Uh, it uh, like you know maybe not a theatrical mm-hmm. release, but just like a Netflix or just being able to rent it. Um, well. But because it's interesting, because I mean, like The Purge mm-hmm. seems to be probably more political than yeah. this movie. And even more violent from the sound of it. So, I mean, like, I don't quite understand 
why this movie got targeted so over other the things. The movie that I, I've I've been comparing this to is The Interview. I was thinking yeah. that too. And I can understand that getting pulled more because we kind of got an indirect threat if that movie was released that something would maybe happen or something. And so that makes sense because people may have been in danger there. But I, 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 yeah, I don't know. It didn't seem like a good enough reason to pull this movie. Yeah, I. it's interesting. I mean, I, I wasn't too interested in this movie. Um, seeing that it was written by, uh, co-written at least, by Damon Lindelof piques my interest because I'm a big fan of Lost and uh, I've heard The Leftovers yeah, is great. Yeah, it is. Um, so, you know, and I just feel bad for everybody who made yeah. it. You know, <laughs> they worked on this thing, you know, hard for like a year or so and then it's not even going to come out and maybe nobody's going to see it. So th- I just that's yeah. a bummer. I guess. Oh, well. We'll see it sometime, I'm sure. Maybe it'll get leaked accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it a bombadil because, uh, you know, it's. I feel bad for the people involved and working hard yep. to make it. Uh, bombadil, uncalled censorship. Holden, Tom Hiddleston revealed that the Loki series coming to Disney Plus will be about six hours long. Do you think that's a good length yeah. for this miniseries? Yeah, that seems like it, it could be a it could tell a story and and get it done. It's like a long, an extra long movie. I'm down with that. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good length. Uh, might be a good length for another miniseries that we could talk about a little later Ooh. on Disney+. Plus. A little teaser for you. I'm going to give this a Broca. I'll give it a Broca, too. All right, Holden. Venom 2 added Andy Serkis last week as the director. This week, the film added cinematographer, the cinematographer of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and other wow. Tarantino films, Robert Richardson. Okay. So... Needless to say, my interest went from zero to this movie to about a thirty out of one hundred. Okay. I was going to say, what's Still the scale here? <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that. That definitely piques my interest a little more. My interest was probably at like a fifteen out of a hundred, if I'm being honest, just because I wanted to see uh, uh, see if this movie was a train wreck as well. But at least this movie will look pretty. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a pretty yeah. train wreck. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a. Uh, I'm gonna give it a Broca. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a Broca as well. Get that train, given get that train moving in the right direction, <laughs> which is off a cliff. <laughs> it's heading there right now. The David Benioff and D.B. Weiss situation Oof. has become a little clearer okay. this week. Last week we talked about their massive deal with Netflix, despite being in charge of the next Star Wars spinoff trilogy, and we kind of talked about how that didn't make any sense. Those two existing. Those two things existing sure. at the same time. However, now it appears that they will that they will only develop an overarching story for the three Star Wars films and only directly write one of them. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. So they're not going to direct them even. <laughs> uh, that has yet to be seen. Uh, it, if they do dire- direct one, it'll be the first one. Okay. You know and they're. They don't look like they're going to be very involved in the other two. You know, they might just be, have that executive producer tag sure. or whatever. I can't help but feel this is this was not the original plan, and Disney's just kind of like, maybe we... It was not the original plan. This has changed. No, it was not. They were supposed to write all three oh, of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this is, this is Disney being like, all right, we'll, uh, we'll keep you guys on for a little bit, but we don't want you writing the ending, huh? 
<laughs> yeah, I was gonna say they haven't stuck the landing previously. Um, but uh, it and it half Disney being like that maybe, but also half they are got to do stuff for Netflix mm. now. So um, okay. They have it. I'm going to give this a, you know, I'm going to give it a Bombadil because this is just another situation of Lucasfilm not having their stuff together, not yeah. being on top of it, and letting something slip. I'm looking forward to Ryan Johnson's trilogy because it's a single person with a beginning, a middle, and the end in mind. It's not the legacy characters, same universe. I think, um, that is set up to be better than this kind of improvisation that they've done so far, which I have enjoyed personally. Other people's not other people not so much, but I think just the narrative will be tighter, less kind of jarring twists in style. I'm gonna give uh, between. I'm movies. gonna give it a Bergeron because until Rise of Skywalker blows me off my feet, I don't really care. <laughs> so I'm kind of in a which it inevitably yeah, will. I'm sure J.J. Right. Abrams. My man. All right, Holden, let's get into the biggest news of the day. Ooh. Maybe not the yeah, week. It's, it's close. It's close. Uh, potentially really bad news, potentially not huge news. This is like breaking, um, too. This is brand new news. Very. This I is mean, like hot off yeah. the press. People aren't exactly sure what's going to happen because of it, but a Disney-Sony standoff uh ends marvel studios and kevin feige's involvement in spider-man movies so basically with the success of spider-man far from home which surpassed the one billion dollar mark on its way to becoming the highest grossing movie in the history of sony Mm -hmm. pictures disney decided they wanted a larger chunk of sony's revenue uh on the spider-man films uh, essentially, Disney thinks that Sp- uh, Sony's Spider-Man movies with Tom Holland are so successful because they're related to the MCU. They think sure. um, since the MCU exists, Sony's Spider-Man movies are doing better, you know, because Spider-Man is in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Therefore, Disney thinks they should have, you know, get more of that money. And they also think that they're also okay with, you know, um, co-financing these movies and then you know, spending 50, you're paying for 50% of the budget, but then getting 50% of the revenue back, uh, under the current deal that just broke off or the initial deal, I should say, Disney received 5% of the revenue on Sony made Spider-Man movies, which would equated to $50 million for this last one. Um, that seems a little low. uh, These are the movies with this. Yeah. Uh, and they could also include Spider-Man, the MCU. That was part of that mm-hmm. deal. Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios would kind of handle uh, the Sony movies, but Sony would get the final yeah. say. Um, so it's it's interesting. Uh, Sony tried to make counteroffers, but Disney wasn't interested. They wanted to co-finance these and make more revenue off these movies. Um, so the ramifications of this... Uh, for one, Kevin Feige will not produce any new Spider-Man movies, and Spider-Man's role in the future of the MCU is currently unknown. Mm-hmm. Initially, people thought that it was over, this was it, that this is completely the end, which it could be. Um, not necessarily that, it sounds like. We'll find out in the you know in the coming sure. weeks or months or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, he might not be in any in any new MCU movies, which for me would be terrible. This I think that is like the worst case scenario yeah. of this. Please don't mess this it up. Story, um, well, this story has like really been blown out of the water. As soon as I uh, like as soon as I saw it online, the first place I actually saw it was uh, one of my friends uh, posting something about it on Facebook. But when I saw that and I started reading more into it, I started realizing how much people are just kind of having a knee-jerk reaction to seeing these headlines. And a lot of these headlines are kind of clickbaity. Now, there definitely is a chance that Spider-Man won't be back in the MCU, which would be a shame. But an uh, article I just read a couple hours ago actually said that uh, a Sony executive came out and clarified that what they had basically, what was public knowledge is that it's likely that Kevin Feige wouldn't have a producer credit anymore on the Spider-Man movies. And that was about it. That's about all that they had really talked about. And that's not super uncommon. Uh, Kevin Feige helps out with almost all the Marvel movies, even ones that aren't MCU related. Uh, he actually helped out with Venom. He, well, I mean, that didn't go over too well, <laughs> but uh, he's he's helped out with the X-Men movies. Uh, he has... Didn't help out enough. I guess huh? not. Uh, and he did all the previous Spider-Man movies that weren't part of the MCU. He, uh, he actually had, pro I think he had producer credits on the uh, Sam Raimi trilogy. Um, I believe and, that's and right. I, yeah. He might have had executive producer on Amazing Spider-Man. Otherwise, he was, otherwise he wasn't credited. Um, but... I don't think this isn't until they come out and say it. We don't need to think that there it's Spider-Man's for sure out. I would think that I would hope Sony and Disney would have enough sense that to realize that if they take Spider-Man out of the MCU, that would get another enough people pissed off. I do think Disney having Spider-Man in the MCU. I think the MCU is a big draw for those movies. I mean, Spider-Man is definitely a recognizable character and people love him. But since he's part of the MCU, that draws even more people in. I think it only increases the audience. Um, and so I think it would be a really dumb move for this to happen. But we don't know if it's happened yet. That's my... My thing is, my thing is, <laughs> Disney does not need more money. Yeah, <laughs> and that's true. But, like, I also understand where they're coming <laughs> from because, I mean, they do help it out a lot. And while I, but they also, but they also don't own the rights of Spider-Man yeah. in movies. It's like I feel like that's like that is why you're letting them. You're you're still getting five percent, well, and um, from what I, I have heard, they're not financing these movies, are um, they? Because Sony's. Well, I don't know. They, I, I agree. They don't deserve fifty percent. I don't think they should get fifty percent. But I also understand that they want more. Like maybe go up to like ten or fifteen. But, like, not a whole lot more, but, yeah, give them more. I think Disney, at least, is worth... I think they're worth that much for to these Spider-Man movies. Yeah, I just... I think the that's the trade, is that, you know, it's 5% isn't a lot, but you're getting him... You're having him available to be in the MCU, mm -hmm. which, like... <laughs> That is huge. Yeah. I mean, people will go to MCU movies if Spider-Man is in sure. them. That is a major draw. And people may not go to MCU movies if Spider-Man is not in them. Uh, Spider-Man is such a huge superhero. Um, 
it's like having you know it'd be like having the justice league without batman mm-hmm. for i mean in the next phase which would be you know just makes my interest plummet if spider-man is not an in in any mcu movies uh another part of this is that this makes uh, it certain that we'll almost certainly see uh tom holland spider-man in the venom verse mm. if you're if you uh if you will uh, he will be in uh, sony's other <laughs> movies which will be interesting well <laughs> but um i just want to see spider-man in the mcu because a i love spider-man and b tom holland is by far the best spider-man we had we've had so please don't waste i him. don't think that if they move him out of the mcu that they'll take tom holland out i think they'll keep him yeah. they won't no they'll keep it, him so that'll kind of leave it in a weird spot because it'll still be the same spider-man but he just like won't have any interactions with mcu characters so it'll still kind of be the MCU, but I mean, kind of in the way that like the I, Netflix I think, shows. Were. I think uh, the MCU will have a harder time explaining it than the Spider-Man yeah. movies. Because I mean, will. Spider-Man could just like not meet the heroes again. <laughs> it's like whatever. <laughs> just the Avengers all die yeah. <laughs> in the next one. Oh, it, uh, <laughs> Spider-Man, you're all there's left. I just I, I really want to see like MCU sinister six and stuff because they're like building towards that i do too i don't mess this up <laughs> sony and Disney, i'm gonna give it up to the best and worst companies of I'm all i'm gonna time. be controversial and give it a bergeron just since we don't actually know that much about it that's i was gonna give that bergeron potential it, it'd be a heavy bombadil, bombadil if it comes so, true yeah do not take spider-man off out of the mcu all right couple good pieces of news uh depending on where you sit, I guess, to wrap up. First, uh, broke today, I guess. They're making a fourth Matrix movie, apparently. Yeah. I haven't seen any haven't of them, either. so I can't really weigh in on this. But I'll give that a broke, <laughs> I guess. Maybe people are really mad and don't want this to I'm gonna happen. Give it a uh, but, uh, I'm going to give it a Bergeron because yeah. they got like the uh, they got Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss and people to come back, but it's also being made by the Wachowskis again, and they have not made a good movie since the first Matrix <laughs> from what i understand so <laughs> i'm gonna give it a bergeron all right well we'll have we'll get to watch them all yeah before the next one comes we out will. so we'll watch the first one and the other two not good ones all right holden the best and biggest news of the week ewan mcgregor has apparently signed on with disney to do an obi-wan miniseries on disney plus the streaming service an official announcement is likely to be made at d23 next week in anaheim that's a little thing disney puts mm-hmm. on to announce some new stuff holden what do you want to see in an obi-wan series and your reaction to this story see, Jimmy, you actually kind of caught me off guard there i had heard the story earlier in the week but earlier in the episode i had said that pretty much all star wars news is going to be like a burger drawn because i don't care but i'm actually very excited for this I would love you and McGregor to be in an Obi-Wan TV series. That'd be so cool. Oh my gosh. I'm going to give it a, a brocot if it's true. Hopefully it is. Well, this is a classic case of the Thomas two thumbs up brocot, the TT. UB. He's like one of two good things from Thomas the. TTTUB. Th- He's like one of good two Got good it. things from the prequel trilogy. Sorry, prequel uh prequel trilogy lovers we ain't those you ain't those are you i love the revenge of the sith man all right well (laughs) (laughs) 
right. I'm kicking you off the podcast. I'm bringing Scott Sutter on. Hey, Alden. Yeah. He doesn't like the prequel prequel trilogy. You know what? You don't get to like Ewan McGregor if you don't like the prequels. (laughs) I just decided that. Fine. I'm going to give it a bombadil. Ewan Is that that guy who fought... Floyd Mayweather a while ago. You wouldn't understand that because you don't follow. I know. Sports. I know what you're talking about. Oh, I didn't know. You didn't know who Serena Williams oh, yeah, was. That's a good so, point. <laughs> I'm not sure entirely. I still <laughs> that I still don't. <laughs> oh man, uh, this is good news. Obi Wan. Everybody loves Obi Wan. Everybody loves Ewan McGregor. And if you don't, well, frankly, don't listen to this podcast because yeah. we. We don't want to hear you it. McGregor. We're going to review Dr. Sleep. Yeah. Hopefully. When does that come like out? November. November, November. If we're still around. If we're still around. If, you know, Disney hasn't ended yeah. us all. <laughs> if Disney hasn't bought us out yet. <laughs> hey, I mean, I'll be happy. Oh, that reminds me of a piece of news. Sony bought Insomniac. Oh, yeah. I forgot about yeah. that. Uh, Insomniac is the developers of the Spider-Man game on PS4, which is, of course, very popular and very well-liked by the both of us. Uh, Good news for people who own PlayStations. Yeah. I mean, most of the games they had made were Sony exclusives, PlayStation. I think every game except for Sunset Overdrive was. I could be wrong on that. But, I I, mean, they made... I believe that is true. But they made, like, the Spyro trilogy. They made the the original Ratchet and Clank games. Those were all big PlayStation exclusives. So, yeah. Whatever. Good for them. They'll get more money that way. All right. There you have it. Uh, I'll give that a Broca. Broca. And that is Tom's for this week. Stick around for Random Segment. Holden, random segment has been all fun and games lately, which has been a good time. Don't get me wrong. Uh, You've won too much, frankly, (laughs) and I'm pretty sick of it. Um, So we're going to change it up for a little bit. Uh, Usually I try to make these pretty interactive, engaging for you. Try to get your mind going. Holden, I know you don't really use your brain all that I really don't. (laughs) That's why I like to keep that up. (laughs) That's why I'm a business and journalism major. Yeah. What you know, even if those two majors exist, <laughs> they don't. you know. <laughs> um, this week you're going to be taking more of a passive role. I kind of alluded that we're going to be looking at something a little disturbing, a little Ooh. creepy. I stumbled on an extensive Reddit post earlier today that you know shook me a little bit. Oh. Uh, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna share this Reddit post. It was a response to an Ask Reddit. Is it about Actually, climate it was like, change? It's not about climate change. We don't have a stance Uh, on climate change, guys. (laughs) Don't turn off the podcast. (laughs) Uh, The question was, what is the worst way to die? Uh, Any guesses, Holden? Hmm. Worst way to die. Worst way to die. Uh, Never having loved. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's how you die. You die of the lack of love. Yeah, that's the poetic way. (laughs) The poet in me says that. So, like, you you die from not being loved. Yeah. (laughs) Just (laughs) neglect. (laughs) You've been neglected to death. How does does that... What are the symptoms? You just die. I guess. Look, I don't make the rules. Just dying of a broken heart. Just say the damn thing. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, uh, I'm going to 
preface this, you know, if you don't want to listen to a disturbing thing that may or not shake you a little bit, then don't listen to it. But if you want to, listen to it. Yep. At the end, I'm going to sh- share a subreddit that I stumbled upon the other day that made me laugh a bunch, and you'll enjoy it. So then you can recover from that and listen to this. You'll have so the underlying in. narration of me crunching a Kit Kat. All right. Um, and then, uh, all right. So I'm going to go about this. This is a post by Hot Doggin, classic username, posted three years ago. This was linked to in the other post. And this was a response to what's the scariest real thing on our earth. The answer is rabies, according to Hot Doggin. Rabies. All right. Yep. Here we go. I'm going to read it. Rabies. It's exceptionally common but people just don't run into the animals that carry it very often. Skunks, especially, and bats. Let me paint you a picture. You go camping, and at midday you decide to take a nap in a nice little hammock. While sleeping, a tiny brown bat in the rage stages of infection is fidgeting in broad daylight, uncomfortable and thirsty due to the hydrophobia, and you snort, startling him. He goes into attack mode, except you're asleep, And he's a little brown bat, so he weighs around six grams. You don't even feel him land on your bare knee, and he starts to bite. His teeth are tiny, hardly enough to even break the skin, but he does manage to give you the equivalent of a tiny scrape that goes completely unnoticed. Rabies does not travel in your blood. In fact, a blood test won't even tell you if you've got it. You wake up. None the wiser. If you notice anything at the bite site at the bite site at all, you assume you just lightly scraped it on something. The bomb has been lit, and your nervous system is the wick. The rabies will multiply along your nervous system, doing virtually no damage and completely undetectable. You literally have no symptoms. It may be four days, it may be a year, but the camping trip is most likely long forgotten. Then one day your back starts to ache. Or maybe you get a slight headache. At this point, you're already dead. There is no cure. There's no treatment. It has a 100% kill rate. Absorb that. Not a single other virus on the planet has a 100% kill rate. Only rabies. And once you're symptomatic, it's over. You're dead. So what does that look like? Your headache turns into a fever and a general feeling of being unwell. You're fidgety, uncomfortable, and scared. As the virus that has taken its time getting into your brain finds a vast network of nerve endings, it begins to rapidly reproduce, starting at the base of your brain, where your pons is located. This is the part of the brain that controls communication between the rest of the brain and body, as well as sleep cycles. Next, you become anxious. You still think you have only a mild fever. But suddenly you find yourself becoming scared, even horrified, and it doesn't occur to you that you don't know why. This is because the rabies is chewing up your amygdala. As your cerebellum becomes hot with the virus, you begin to lose muscle coordination and balance. You think maybe it's a good idea to go to the doctor now, but assuming a doctor is smart enough to know to even run the tests necessary in the few days you have left on the planet, Odds are they'll only be able to tell your loved ones what you died of later. You're twitching, shaking, and scared. You have the normal fear of not knowing what's going on, but with the virus really screwing up your amygdala, this is amplified a hundredfold. It's around this time the hydrophobia starts. 
You're horribly thirsty. You just want water, but you can't drink. Every time you do, your throat clamps shut and you vomit. This has become a legitimate active fear, or this has become a legitimate active fear of water. You're thirsty, but looking at a glass of water begins to make you gag and shy back in fear. The contradiction is so hard for your brain to see at this point. By now, the doctors will have put, your, put you on IVs to keep you hydrated, but even that's futile. You were dead the second you had a headache. You begin hearing things, or not hearing at all, as your thalamus goes. Your taste so you taste sounds. You see smells. Every st everything starts feeling like the most horrifying acid trip anyone has ever been on. With your hippocampus long under attack, you're having trouble remembering things, especially family. You're alone, hallucinating, thirsty, confused, and absolutely undeniably terrified. Everything scares the literal crap out of you at this point. These strange people in lab coats, these strange people standing around your bed crying, who keep trying to get you to drink something and crying. It's only been about a week since that little headache that you've completely forgotten. Time means nothing to you anymore. Funny, funny enough, you now know how that bat, how the bat felt when he bit you. Eventually, you slip into the dumb rabies phase. Your brain has started the process of shutting down. Too much of it has been turned to liquid virus. Virus. Your face droops. You drool. You're all but unaware of what's around you. A sudden noise or light might startle you, but for the most part, it's all you can do to just stare at the ground. You haven't really slept for about 72 hours. Then you die. Always you die. And there's not one thing anyone can do for you. And then the poster, Hot Doggin, goes on to give some facts, clarify some things. So only about two or three people per year die of rabies in the United States, mostly because doctors are very cautious when you're bitten by anything to have you go through things to find out if you have rabies and stuff like that. So if you get it early, then before you start showing the symptoms, you're okay. But once you start showing the symptoms, then it's over. But uh, there you have it. Another happy random segment hold on i was uh squirming in my seat that like entire time <laughs> and i wish there was a way for me to record that on the podcast because i was just like constantly fidgeting because it was making me really uncomfortable <laughs> the entire thing you were saying also like gave me flashbacks to when i watched requiem for a dream which like that movie is horrifying and that's like what i imagine <laughs> that that uh that dying that way would be like would be like the the kind of end parts of that movie oh my god <laughs> that's scary it didn't start out so bad i was like oh this is whatever like yeah you're gonna die from rabies but yeah all right it's just like slowly turning like within a week going from just a slight headache from this scratch looking thing i got maybe a year ago to being like completely you know, your mind doesn't even work. You don't know what's happening, and then you die. And you're in pain, and you're like, you can't drink water, and your body just shuts down, and nobody knows what's going on. It's just completely helpless. And, uh, yeah. So I read that today, and I was like, well, I'll never be able to unthink of that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so that's why I wanted to preface it. <laughs> and 
if you listen to this, you deserve your reward, which is my subreddit recommendation, which is animals being derps. R slash animals being derps. It is hilarious. If you like think funny cat videos are like halfway entertaining, this is all animals being stupid. I and it's those. really, really funny. So I'm, recommend it. I'm gonna animals being derps. I'm gonna pull that up right now so I can look at a few of those. Uh, <laughs> get my mind <laughs> off of what I just saw. Maybe I can see a cute bat. Yeah. A cute bat to make up for the bat that uh that kills got you. you. But you know, See, this is incredibly rare. Like, the hot dog and put, you know, makes up this hypothetical situation, which is very, you know, unlikely just to show how it could happen. So, there you go. Don't sleep on hammocks, I guess. All right. Don't go camping. Yeah, camping's dangerous and bad for you. There's no benefit to it. <laughs> Coming <laughs> what from about a the boy fun, <laughs> thrilling adventure of being outdoors? Nothing. Nope. <laughs> okay. I thought Let's you get on it. the Jackie Brown. <laughs> Holden, our first retro review on the podcast. Nothing really caught our eye coming out this week nope. in the theaters. So we thought, or Holden thought, hey, Jackie Brown is on Netflix. We're both fans of Quentin Tarantino. Neither of us has seen it. Let's check it out. Let's give it a review. <coughs> um, before we dive into the review, I'll just give a quick synopsis. I'm not using like the official one because I thought it gave away too many spoilers. So I'm going to use the brief one that you that is on Netflix. When an aging flight attendant's caught smuggling cash and forced to help with an investigation, she hatches a clever plan to make off with some dough. That's that is the right. very brief Netflix synopsis. I didn't know anything going into this I movie didn't really either which i was i didn't know the plot i just knew there was a person named jackie brown yeah didn't know other people were in the cast um so i would recommend that you can stop listening to us now hey we already got your listen so <laughs> yeah you made go it, watch it. <laughs> it's on netflix if you have netflix which if you're a human as of 2019 you do disney plus hasn't destroyed it yet um <laughs> So go watch it, uh, and then come back, and then give us a second listen. Hear, yeah. So, <laughs> hear what we so say really, about it. it's a, when we usually don't tell you not to listen to our podcast, but now would be a good time not to do Stop it. Stop listening. So <laughs> go back. Of course, we will do a non-spoiler review and a spoiler review, but yeah, come on, give us a couple listens. Huh? <laughs> At least go back before the spoiler. You can go back three times, I guess. <clears throat> give us those sweet, sweet listens. All right, Holden. Overall thoughts on Jackie Brown? Okay, Jackie Brown, uh, obviously Tarantino movie, has me uh, very excited going into it. <coughs> I'm going to say, I th like, as a movie, I think it's a good movie, but I didn't really enjoy it that much. Interesting, interesting. I, th I thought it was okay. Like, I, I had an okay time with it, but, I like, overall, and, oh, my biggest problem with this movie is it's way too long that's what i think i think i i understand tarantino has slow pacing that's his thing uh and i made that comment when i saw once upon a time in hollywood uh i've kind of backed off on that from that movie ever since i've seen it uh, mul uh multiple times but i think this movie has the slowest pacing of any tarantino movie and i don't think it really benefits from it 
in many ways. I think like a yeah. solid 45 minutes could be cut out of this movie. It is long. Was it two, two and a half, two? It's two and 40? a half, two and a half, I think. Two, two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting, uh, interestingly enough, I actually saw this movie in, in three different chunks. I didn't, <laughs> usually, I almost always sit down and watch a movie from beginning to end, you know, in one sitting. Uh, this time I had started it, got it halfway through, and was just too tired. So I, I <laughs> turned it off, went to bed, because um, I didn't want to fall asleep during it. You yeah. Know? And then wake up at the ending or something. And then I um, had some free time at work, caught like another half hour, and then watched, you know, the last half hour or so when I got home. Sure. And so I I didn't feel the pacing issues at all, really. Okay. <laughs> That's um, fair. <laughs> I, I did look up, you know, what people, after I watched it, I looked up kind of what people had said about it. Pacing was a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at the beginning, I felt it, if I did feel it. Okay. It just like... Um, when certain character moments were happening to kind of establish them, it felt drawn out. The opening to me felt drawn out, like, uh, with certain things happening. Yeah. Um, Another thing I'll mention is this movie didn't... I kind of forgot this was a Tarantino movie while I was watching it. Did you have that same experience? I kind of did, too. Uh, I think that's because it's an adaptation of a book. That's kind of what I thought I, and I the screenplay is by Tarantino but he was kind of restricted to an extent by uh what the the book was so that's kind of how it felt for me yeah like th- this movie doesn't have the flashiest dialogue that's no. good dialogue yeah. it is very solid Quentin Tarantino dialogue um another thing I'll say is that my expectations weren't really that high going in I mean like it, which is interesting because I Quentin Tarantino is probably my favorite director, mm-hmm. so you know any this is generally l- ranked towards the bottom, if not the last movie uh, in people's rankings on a Tarantino list, unless you're that one guy from Collider who put it at number one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, so I wasn't interestingly enough, I wasn't super excited to watch this movie, uh, which is weird, you know, because I feel like I should jump it. Mm-hmm. You know the opportunity to watch any Tarantino movie, especially included within a subscription. Yeah, um, I quite enjoyed this movie a lot because you know, like I said, I didn't feel the pacing. I thought um, it was a bit anticlimactic for me. Yeah, I can, I, I kind of think that too. Um, for reasons we'll get to in spoilers, but you know, overall, I liked the very ending of this movie. I liked uh, there's a lot of like people outsmarting people or tr- or you know who's going to outsmart who kind of keeps you on your toes. I re- that's just kind of right up my alley. I like you know clever characters like that. I thought Jackie Brown was a great character. Yeah. I thought um oh I'm blanking on her Pam name. Greer. Pam Greer. I thought she was fantastic. It I thought um Robert uh What's his name? Robert Forster was excellent as um, a, a bail bondsman. Yeah, Max Cherry. Max Cherry. I thought he was excellent. I thought those two characters had great chemistry. Yeah. Interesting characters in regards to a Tarantino movie. Uh, we'll talk about it in spoilers. I really don't want to give anything away Mac, uh, if we can avoid it. 
Max Cherry, uh, that Robert Forrester, uh, he was nominated for an Academy Award for this movie. Yeah, um, and that was the only Academy nomination. Yeah. nomination for this movie. Um, it it's kind of interesting. I don't. He like looks familiar to me, but I don't really know what else. He's he's in an episode of Breaking Bad. He is apparently. You know who he, he looks like the guy from Game Night to me, the brother who's in other movies as oh, well. Oh yeah, he looks like an aged version <laughs> of him. But I'm like, you it's, can't that's be not him because you look older than him, and it's 20 years ago. <laughs> um, no, the you, are you talking about the guy who was in Godzilla? Yeah, yeah it's yeah, it's obviously not the same guy. Um, it's not him, but they look, they look similar. I thought the cast was perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Pam, I can't believe Pam Greer did not get an Academy yeah, nomination okay. for this. She was excellent. She's another one that I'm not like super familiar with. She was very uh, prolific in the black exploitation. Uh, yeah, I looked er- her up era. afterwards. Uh, Foxy yeah. Brown's her most famous role um, in the '70s. Um, but yeah, this uh, this kind of was like a revitalization for her, um, and she was fantastic. She just had a lot going on. She wasn't just like a super clever like knowing everything that's going to happen character like say like an ocean's 11 kind of thing she was she was an actual character she was pretty cool i liked her um she was smart yeah yeah. she was smart but she wasn't always one step ahead yeah like you could you were like is this going to work her little scheme because she's not like you're she's yeah. not like a super hardened criminal or anything so it's not like she's been doing this a long time she's just kind of she's smart and she's doing this as she goes along pretty much yeah and she's kind of backed against a wall so yeah. it's very interesting like i said don't want to give anything away um i just i thought the characters in this were were good samuel I thought L. They jackson were very, samuel L. jackson he was really is good. a character in this Ordell is his name. Yeah, Ordell. Ard- Ordell. 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 Something. Yeah, he's Ordell real good. Something. I. He was. He wasn't Got my a terrible, favorite. terrible goatee. Yeah. <laughs> the worst I, goatee I've ever I think seen. His his whole like getup in this movie I love, but I love it because I kind of hate it. He's like constantly wearing those those ha- those backwards berets. <laughs> yeah. Like, his hair is just long. Yeah, and it, it's like it's terrible, but I think it's it's just really fitting for the character, and I think Sam Jackson really plays it up. Um, yeah. Other actors who are in this movie, you have Robert De Niro, who I didn't course. know was in this. I didn't either, <laughs> and as as well as Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton is in this. Didn't know he was. When in Robert it. De Niro showed up, I was like, "Is is that Robert De Niro?" <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even like look anything up about it beforehand, so I was like caught completely off guard. Um, his character, I think, is kind of could be played by anyone. Yeah, I I up until like the end with him, which I thought was pretty good. That was like the only time where I I liked that character. I I agree. Like before, he didn't do anything for me before. Yeah, that. before then he's just kind of like sitting around looking like a kind of old guy. <laughs> like kind of shrugging his shoulders <laughs> at everything. Uh there's a, yeah, there's another character um play uh Melanie who's the same way. Kind of doesn't really do anything for me. Yeah. Seems like uh interesting. I mean just like kind of like a oh, another one of these characters. That, okay. That actress is the uh daughter of that actor who just recently died. Um, Peter Fonda. Yeah, yeah. It's Bridget yeah, Fonda. Yeah. Bridget Fonda. Yeah. 
uh, ironic. Um, I thought she was good in the role. I just, that character didn't do much for me. Um, didn't see the point of her until later on. Um, um, Michael Keaton's character is in another movie. Did you know that? His character yeah, is in another movie. He plays that same character in another movie called Out of Sight, which is a George Clooney movie. Um, huh. I think... I don't know this for a fact, but I think Out of Sight is based on a book that's written by the same author, and he's like a reoccurring character in multiple books or something. And so they just got Michael Keaton to play him again. (laughs) (laughs) Michael Keaton's a good actor, so don't fix what's not broken. Um, Other things, uh, you know, um, there's one. Chris Tucker is in this movie. Yeah, and I didn't realize that was Chris yeah. Tucker <laughs> until I, I looked like, it up. I was like, this person is familiar, and then I saw the credits. I'm like, ah, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So good. Good acting in this movie. I think. Uh. Well written. I. I can see the pacing mm-hmm. being a problem. I, I do think like if you take that out of context, though, or you take pacing out, maybe watch it over. You know, break it in half because I, I didn't intentionally. Um. <laughs> You know where I stopped because I was getting tired. I didn't intentionally like stop right then, but it ended up being like a perfect cutoff point in the movie. Could slay like sure. a before after sort of thing. It's you know Tarantino movies generally broken up into segments. Um, it's kind of like right you know planning the scheme and then right before you implement the scheme or whatever or try to. Um, so if you know. I would recommend, if you haven't seen the Tarantino movie, I think this would actually be a good gateway drug to the Tarantino <sighs> movies because I think it's it's not overly violent. No. Um, that, you know, there is the N-word a bunch. Yeah. You know, I think it's 38 times or something. That, that whole controversy I was reading up on for that movie, that was, like, weird because I read up on it beforehand, and when I watch... Maybe I'm just desensitized to that because I've seen so many Tarantino movies, but I did not notice it that much. Well, I mean, <laughs> Django and yeah. April 8. Well, it, it didn't <laughs> seem... He's broken his record. Yeah, it didn't uh, seem once like... Uh, it, it didn't seem super gratuitous. It just kind of seemed like the way they were talking in the movie. So, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you... If that's a huge thing for you, I mean, I guess you're not going to like it or Tarantino. So, yeah. um, Samuel Jackson has come out and defended Quentin Tarantino multiple times. Uh, I know Spike Lee has a big problem with it mm-hmm. and thinks Tarantino should be done. Um, Tarantino, I looked it up. Tarantino, in reaction to the controversy about this film, said, "If a if a word is that powerful, I think everybody should scream the word to get it to lose that power." Whether you agree with that or not, <laughs> I'm I'll not sure I agree you. with that wording, but I get, I get what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, or if it's you know a derogatory term yeah. directed at one you know group of people, um, but you know if it's like the f word or something, maybe my uh my issue with like I I think that the pacing and like low like unnecessary scenes in this movie they just they take too much out of it for me and that's like because those are like really most of the only problems i have with this movie um it's it 
it's just really distracting and it made me like i had to pause it a few times i watched it all while i was at work today obviously me and jimmy both have very busy jobs because we're just watching netflix <laughs> at work um but i watched the entire movie at work today um and i i just had to like pause and go like surf the web every, like every uh i probably made it an hour in and then it was probably like every half hour after that I was just like, I, this is such a drag. I have to go do something else for a bit. Um, I don't know, but I mean, everything else about this movie is so good. I mean, it's Tarantino and it's post Pulp Fiction. So it's him hitting his, uh, after hitting his stride. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, um, this might be a little controversial, but, um, I didn't think this movie looked particularly exceptional. It didn't feel, I should say, it didn't have, it didn't feel like it had the, I mean, at least the recent, more recent films of Tarantino seem to have a lot of style and Pulp Fiction, of course, and Reservoir Dogs. This film seemed, it didn't have quite as potent of the Tarantino style in it. See, I, Um, I actually, well, I agree it doesn't necessarily have a Tarantino style to it, but I actually, um, I think it's very reminiscent i know this is what it's trying to go for but it to me is very reminiscent of a black exploitation file style of filming um, okay i that makes sense i watched a i haven't watched a full black exploitation film so i mean take it with a grain of salt but i have seen some videos about them because i've 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 watched like the luke cage tv show is supposedly a big homage to that whole genre so i've i've watched some stuff about it um and yeah it it's it's kind of the whole movie's got this it's kind of all set in like slums or like kind of gross places. Even when they go to like an airport or, or uh, the mall or whatever, yeah. it's, it never really feels like that good of a place. Um, and I think that just the way that Tarantino films, this is very reminiscent of those movies in terms of shot composition. There's at least one shot in this movie that I really like, and I'll get to that in spoilers cause it is a spoiler, but yeah rest of it yeah i don't have a problem with it i um just kind of get into my general thoughts on it i quite enjoyed this film i really felt the tension and again i may that probably was because i broke up the movie <laughs> to oh, multiple chunks the movie is definitely tense i agree like i still felt the tension even though i was very dragging along <laughs> in the second act or so um and i was I was definitely rooting for Jackie Brown. Yeah, too. yeah, she's like uh, she is technically a, a criminal, but you definitely want to see her win. Yeah. Um. Um. I like the the soundtrack is very Tarantino-y mixed. Very. It's very t- great soundtrack. It's very yeah. It's great. It's and that's another thing. I love how it's a mix of Tarantino, and that's also a very black exploitation thing because it's full of like a bunch of like soul and funk music but it's like old kind of obscure stuff like Tarantino loves to put in his movies. So it's kind of a mix of those two uh, trends. And I quite liked that. I liked it quite a bit. Holden, you ready to give your rating or anything else you want to touch on before we get to the spoiler review? No, I think that's it. What's your rating? I'm going to give, I'm going to give Jackie Brown a nine out of 10. I quite like this movie. I liked it a lot. More than way more than I thought I was going to. I enjoyed it. I think uh, objectively as a movie, I would probably give this an eight out of ten. 
Um, but my personal enjoyment would probably be more of a seven. Uh, I kind of want to go back and see if it has that classic Tarantino of having better pacing the second time, but I kind of have a feeling it won't. I, to me, this movie just is, has, is so long and very boring at parts that I, it's, it doesn't, it's not even like once upon a time in Hollywood where like, it's like funny and that can kind of alleviate some of the uh, slow pacing. But I don't know. Enjoy, watch it if you like Tarantino. I would actually think this would be more for people who already like Tarantino. Because I think they'd get Interesting. more of an enjoyment out of it. Hmm. Well, there you have it. Yeah. Two opinions. One obviously better than the other. Yep. And we all know whose that is. Yep. Both of us know. <laughs> On to spoiler review. Let's get it going. Holden, you mentioned some things you want to discuss in spoilers. What would you like to start with? Okay, so I have like three parts in this movie that I really like. And they, (laughs) if I'm being honest, they kind of are some of the more Tarantino-y moments in the movie. Uh, But the one part that I liked that I also really liked the shot was towards the beginning of the movie when Samuel L. Jackson kills Chris Tucker. Mm -hmm. I just, I loved that whole uh, him like just kind of driving around the block into this dirt construction site shooting him in the trunk it kind of pans out from him getting in the car and then it just you can just see it off in the distance you don't actually see like gratuitous blood yeah, a la it tarantino cuts to a, a master shot from a, a rain you know yeah. about what it doesn't even cut it like it does like pan out it's it's oh it does pan I, i'm pretty out. sure i thought it cut um all right i i remember the shot i don't remember how you get there yeah but I, that was probably, like, the one shot that really stood out for me in the movie. Uh, one shot that stood out for me in the movie is when Jackie Brown is waiting for Ordell to come in. And it kind of goes over her shoulders. It's kind of the classic, like, turn the tables. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it kind of points to how she won. It's in her hands now. And she had the trick of up her sleeve of the cops waiting for him to take Ordell out which for me at the same time a little bit anticlimactic how the plan worked largely I mean there was a thing that went wrong I thought we were going to get into that classic Tarantino bloodbath at the end where characters were going to be lost left and right Um, didn't happen Ordell is the only victim outside of Beaumont yeah Beaumont Chris Chris Tucker's character. I, yeah, and I, and I, uh, Robert De Niro's character, Lewis, and the what's her name, and Melanie. And Melanie. Um, I am okay theoretically with. I mean, it not necessarily being a Tarantino shootout. As much as I love those, um, it, I mean, it is an older one, so it'd be fine, and I understand. My biggest problem is is that like I, I, it would have been so so much more. Uh, satisfying if she had killed him yeah i i and i know like she's not necessarily a killer so it would probably have to have her being kind of driven to that circumstance but it just kind of felt like oh no call oh he has a gun call in the cops and then they just shoot him that was it yeah. was kind of meh yeah and the plan went to plan yeah almost completely i mean other than lewis shooting 
Melanie and kind of and even that almost worked out in their favor mm-hmm. had Sam Sam Jackson's character not kind of looked around that I was looked around Lewis because Lewis looked super fishy in that situation from from Ordell's perspective yeah I I thinking about like uh Ordell going into that uh uh where where Jackie Brown was at the end of the movie I, I I was just thinking about how like Sam Jackson is the villain of this movie but he's just kind of a pathetic villain <laughs> Like, he's this crime... He, yeah, he, like, sells guns, but, like, Melanie points out that he just kind of sells guns to, like, druggies, and he doesn't really have anyone with him. Like, he will... He's not afraid to kill people, but he's just kind of one guy with, like, a friend and a girlfriend. That's kind of it. Yeah, well, I think... And he doesn't want to be more than that. Yeah. That's his thing. He wants... Like, he says in the beginning of the movie, he's like, I'm making my million bucks, and I'm out. Yeah. Then I'm just going to spend it. I'm done. But... Like, he does... He does not want to kill people. Beaumont gets captured. He's like, oh, great. Because Beaumont just screws up by driving drunk, I believe. Yeah, yeah. All right. And then they find the gun on him. He's like, well, great. Now I have to kill Beaumont. And I... uh, And then, you know... And then he's like, great, now I have to kill Jackie Brown. But I, I, I like it because he is kind of like this pathetic guy, yet it doesn't really ease up the tension even knowing that because it is still pretty tense at the well, end of the movie. And you know that he's very willing yeah, to yeah. kill Jackie Brown. And especially the, the romantic element, which I actually liked quite a bit. Yeah, I, I think too. it added a lot to this. The Peter Forster's character. Uh, um, what's it? Max, Max Cherry. Max Cherry. Um, his romance with Jackie Brown, I totally bought, mm-hmm. and I I thought he was just a dead man <laughs> from the beginning, it, uh, or she was just using him, and it ended up being no, yeah, she liked him. I think it, yeah, it, that's that would be a thing that like Tarantino would pull as uh, Jackie using him or whatever, but it was kind of a nice subversion of uh, expectations because that's what I was expecting too. I uh I liked that he was just kind of this bit part at the beginning of the movie who just kind of came into play more later because I wasn't expecting him. I didn't know like who that actor was or anything. So no, I just I kind didn't, of I didn't ex- expect him to be a big role. Yeah, because he was just like oh I'll bail your guy out or whatever, and I figured that's all he was gonna be. But no, he's a or he's gonna be taken out, you know, sooner yeah. than later. But I and I really like the very ending and when he blows his opportunity to chase after yeah jackie brown i thought that was a fitting because he's you know he's he ends up where he started kind of you know he's got more in a money. way he's, he's got you 10 more grand or whatever yeah. five five grand have 50, 50 grand. grand 50 grand that's a pretty you know yeah you know I, wouldn't, I wouldn't wish I could end this podcast with 50 yeah. grand. <laughs> Anyone out there want to donate some of that? We want to turn you yeah. over. Yeah, you can replace me as the, po- <laughs> the host. <laughs> Twice over, I think. I think it's 25,000. if Or t- whatever. I don't know. Just well, You could do. You can replace both of yeah. us. <laughs> just buy our podcast. <laughs> Look at the Patreon tiers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for that information. Um, but, I, you know, overall, I really enjoyed this movie. I really enjoyed that relationship. I'm glad it had, you know, I mean, it didn't have a happy ending as a relationship, but I'm glad that they genuinely, genuinely shared uh, an interest yeah, in each cute. other. 
Um, and they had a little kiss at the end. That was very awkward. Yeah, it kind of was because you're so close <laughs> so to it. They just kind of <laughs> was close, and then they like just <laughs> got close to each other for like 30 seconds without kissing, uh, and then finally kissed. Tarantino's foot fetish is in this movie again. Oh, I know. <laughs> I was like, gee whiz, Tarantino, you have a foot fetish much? I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I was like, I was kind of waiting for when it was gonna happen, but it happens kind of early on, so I didn't have to. It wait happens too long. right away. Yeah. Um, one of the other thing, one of the other parts I really liked in this movie was Lewis killing Melanie. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was like, she's dead. yeah, because she's like so annoying, and he's he just has kind of felt like he he's felt very pent up this like for a lot of this movie, just kind of putting up with stuff, but like he can only go so far and then yeah he just like kills her <laughs> i really liked that and what's the line when she's like well is she dead or is she not dead well mostly <laughs> like or something like that well yeah i don't know he says something like that i shot her twice yeah. once in the chest and once in the stomach and they never do confirm that do they oh no she's dead they confirm yeah that, they do because uh, uh the cops or whatever say something about it or I think he says she's pretty much dead. Okay. That's I think that's his right. wording. She's pretty, you know, pretty much. <laughs> it's like, what does that mean? That was, that like, was, a, I thought, I thought that was a pretty good Tarantino moment. From that, uh, pretty much from like him, from Robert De Niro, like walking in the parking lot till when he gets killed. That's where I, like, I really liked his character. And I thought Robert De Niro did a good job. But before that, it was just kind of like, yeah, he's, he's a guy. He's, yeah, he's Sammy bad Jay. at his job. Yeah. <laughs> he's he and is. like yeah, he just and he's like a failed bank robber. Talk about a pathetic villain. <laughs> yeah. It's Robert De Niro. <laughs> um and then the other thing I, I think of that I really like is towards the beginning of the movie where uh Ordell first comes to visit Jackie Brown in her apartment and he, she pulls the gun on him. That's a good moment. I, that was great, especially like when it when it started showing like the double of them and I loved that. I I thought that was so. It good. was really good, but I was just like, why are they do- like? What's the point of this? Is he gonna like come back or something? That's what I thought was. Gonna I thought happen. it might be that. Well, when they first showed the gun in the glove compartment, I'm like, she's taking that. Yeah. And then when they like cut to the double, I'm like, oh, he's coming back. But then no, it's the reveal that she took it out of the glove compartment. Yeah, which I I just love that. Yeah. I thought that was very creative. That was a that was one of the better moments in the movie for me. Um, is, what else is there to talk about? I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, I'm not really sure either. I think I'm pretty much got what I wanted to say about it. Okay. I I just enjoyed this. Yeah. I'll say it again. I I just had a good time. I felt the tension. I really liked the characters. Um, I don't think it's like objectively the best Quentin Tarantino movie. Sure. Or the most stylized. Um, but I you know I I don't know where I'd rank it necessarily. Um. But I think, you know, even if it's his lower tier, he's got a pretty good lower yeah, tier. Yeah, yeah, so. for sure. I mean, have has, have you seen Death Proof? Nope, that is the only one that I, right. I'm missing. Maybe we'll have to review but, that sometime. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, if it's, you know, around Jackie Brown quality, that's good. Yeah. But I've heard it's probably not. Yeah, probably not. 
Have you seen it? I have not. No. Oh, there I we go. Al- we'll have to do that in another gap week. I almost... I went A few years ago, I almost bought it at a garage sale, and I don't know why I didn't. I think my brother has a Blu-ray of it <sighs> in the Tarantino collection, so maybe we can oh, swipe that. Yeah, swipe it. We'll watch it at school on your new TV. On oh, my new TV. I got a new TV. It's pretty nice. Yeah, I'm sure. That's what I watched half Jackie Brown on. <laughs> <laughs> when you weren't at work. <laughs> Actually, most of two-thirds of it. Yeah. What are you talking about? I never watch things at work. I do all the time. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. It's hey, I only do it. We only do it when we're done with the work we're supposed to be doing, and we've looked for other opportunities to do more work, but there are not. I kind of do it in between. Whatever. <laughs> I will also say that my boss is fully aware that I'm not working constantly because he, I'm, I'll be literally just have the twins game on while I'm working or, you know, just watching it. And he's like, Oh, all the twins doing because he, you know, yeah, we have this, we have this mutual understanding that, Hey man, I'll be here from here to here from now to then I'll get all my work done. You know? Yeah. He just don't worry about it. Done right away. I get that. No. Well, and so I, I mean, my job has built in like waiting periods where I literally like can't unless he has something for me to work on there's nothing I can do that is productive so but then you know once you know I have to wait for things like download or transfer from our drives but then after that then I get back to work so okay. and he understands that so I'm not just a sandbagger like Holden Sutter that's all I'm <laughs> trying to me. say all right let's go on to what are you doing what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? Holden, what are you doing? This has been a long episode. Keep it brief. I'll try. Keep it boxer. All right. All right. Fruit of the loom. I, uh, so I finished The Boys. I think I mentioned I had started that last week. The, How is it? So good. I actually really liked it a lot. Rating out of 10. Uh... Eight and a half to nine. There you go. <laughs> you were so much more enthusiastic about the so good, and you're like, all right, eight and a half. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I'm not going to give it. It's obviously not perfect, I, but yeah. I mean, yeah, probably eight and a half to nine. Um, it's just, I I like to talk about a lot how certain like the Marvel Netflix shows aren't like your average superhero show, and they aren't, but this is more superhero-y but it's it's just taken in a completely different direction than like most superhero media now and the like the things they cover in it the characters in it are great i love they're even like the good guys quote unquote aren't like perfect they're all very flawed and like are kind of shitty people and so it's kind of funny to see all of them you, you definitely have people you root for but even they're not like the best uh, I would definitely recommend it. Um, I watched the Invader Zim movie on Netflix. So good. And? So good, Jimmy. Rating out of 10. Uh, nine and a half. Wow. But that's coming from someone who loves Invader Zim. If you love Invader Zim, this is like a nine and a half movie. It is the perfect continuation for a like 13-year-old's series, probably older than that, uh, series uh it it's animation is great the writing is still like just hilarious and weird um it the story is 
it, it's a nice continuation, but it, it's weirdly kind of emotional at parts. Like, that's not really something Invader Zim ever did, but it, like, works within this movie. Um, and it, like, it could work as a finale uh, to the show, or if they decide to make more, they could make more. It kind of works either way, and it's just great. It was well worth the wait. Uh, nine and a half. Broca, two thumbs up. That's not... That's Tom's, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I... Then the other thing, oh, I started watching Mindhunter season two, only a few episodes in, but very good so far, uh, about as good as the first season, which was very good. So don't have much to say on that because I haven't seen much. Haven't gotten to Charles Manson yet. So hopefully I'll report on that next week. Um, and then I, <laughs> as we speak, am at the very end of God of War. It's paused on Ooh. my PS4. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like fighting Balder right now. There you go. But I haven't. I ha duty calls. What? Duty calls. Duty calls. But I. <laughs> that's what I'm doing immediately after this. I love God of War so much. I've done pretty much everything in the game. I haven't beat the Valkyrie Queen yet. I'm going to though. It's. Did you ever beat the Valkyrie Queen? No, I didn't finish the Valkyries. Oh, okay. The they're hard. Valkyrie Queen's yeah. very hard, but I, I I was and I was gonna do the trials of whatever. But I didn't finish that either. Oh, where you go up the volcano, Mustafa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Place. Did you do Niflheim, the maze? I did. I did a little bit of that. I didn't. Okay. Yeah, one hundred percent that. Or what? I was at that point. I was like, boy, to do that and the this and that. Sure. The Valkyries. I'm like, boy. That's I'm I, once I realized I was not gonna come anywhere close to the platinum. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll give up. I just I did all the side missions though. I uh, I just finished Niflheim today. Um, that was pretty fun. Yeah, I I'm like so I I under I I know that you like this game, but you don't like love this game. But I I love this game. It's I I really enjoy it. Yeah, it's like the very. And nine out of ten for me. Okay, it's like you That's know, love would be a me. ten out of ten. Nine out of ten is like I really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I'm, but like, I'd be at a ten with like Red Dead and Spider Man. Sure. And, I mean, even though I think it's like a objectively better game than Spider Man. I uh, I haven't gotten to the ending yet, so I don't know exactly what happens. But I'm still excited for the ending. Yeah, tell me what you think, Colden. Yeah. I'd like to get your reaction on the ending. Okay. Um. But yeah, I think that's, that's, that's pretty much it that. for me. Yeah. I did I finally watched Scream. Oh yeah. Uh the movie. I enjoyed it. I don't think I enjoyed it quite as much as I thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to. Um I think objectively it was probably better than like my entertainment level sure. personally. Um so it's, you know, I crossed that off the list. It was you it's know, a pretty a fun satire I, on horror movies. Yeah, it's a it's a quality movie, mm -hmm. and I thought it was a good satire. Yeah, and I had a good time with it. Um, it was it didn't like it didn't you know leave me like oh my gosh that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I was like yeah that was a solid movie. Um, then I've you know I've been still playing or watching South Park, playing The Witcher. Haven't been um, able to play The Witcher as much recently, but uh, you know mm -hmm. still grinding away at those. I also played the demo for rise of the uh, shadow of the tomb raider okay <laughs> um which goes up until 
you know, she kills everybody. <laughs> the, um, the tsunami. <laughs> yeah. Which is, A, looks gorgeous on the PS4 Pro. I'm sure. And my new TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, it looks re- like almost Uncharted 4 level. Like oh, okay. probably Uncharted 4 level, probably sharper but the skin textures, some of the textures aren't as quality, Man, or wish, you know, and the animations aren't as good. I wish I did but, not uh, play this on the Xbox One. <laughs> yeah, it looks phenomenal. I mean, it's I was quite impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I thought I it, I enjoyed it more than I thought it would. Uh, just at least the beginning. Sure. Um, so you know where it goes from there. I probably won't get it unless it's ten dollars or cheaper yeah so. if, if it's ever like really cheap i want you should get it and just let me know what you think you might have a different opinion than me but also you didn't like two as much as i did so i don't know why well, I, I liked two i just don't remember it i liked one a lot when it came yeah. out it was one of my favorite games um but i think that's pretty much it i'm determined to see the witch this week so oh, i'm gonna God. try to watch that we can have a discussion about that. I, like that I hate that movie <laughs> yeah the guy who directed that's doing the lighthouse i know so i'm excited you i'm don't still get excited to for like, the lighthouse you, you don't get to no you don't get to like it <laughs> i was excited for midsommar <laughs> i didn't like hereditary no you don't get to like midsommar or be excited <laughs> that's not how it works you choose you either like them or you don't okay fine we're in media now <laughs> I feel like you'll probably like The Witch, and then we'll just have very differing opinions about it. I <laughs> why? Because I I like good movies. I I am more no I'm more strongly opinionated on that than I am Hereditary. Like Hereditary, oh my I de- gosh, I definitely like can recognize the qualities of Hereditary that are good, but I which I just don't think is like that good of a movie to begin with. But we can see. All right. I think that does it for this week. Yeah. That one movie podcast. Hold on. What are we doing next week? Huh? Uh, Any idea? Anything coming out? I don't think. Yeah. Let me pull something up real quick. Um, I don't think there's anything coming out. Um, unless we want to see ready or not. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I've been wasting money enough at the <laughs> lately. Yeah. But, uh, maybe, it looks okay. You know, maybe we'll, Maybe we'll review The Witch. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I'll force you to rewatch it. Oh, Angel Has Fallen. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Okay, well, if we don't do Ready or Not, then we'll probably either do another movie or some sort of topic next week. Yeah, well, we'll do a list or something. Yeah. Uh, and uh, by then, we'll probably cross the 1000 listen oh uh, what you know mark uh which is good Our, you know we've actually been quite popular over the last week or two holden oh. our audience has grown to about uh consistently people consistently viewing about 40 people okay which is um and uh so thank you for listening thank you for coming back yeah if you've listened to more than one if this is the first time you've listened Wow, good job making it all the way to this point <laughs> when we're just rambling. We're still congratulating you. Yeah, we're still congratulating you. Come back. Yeah. I mean, if you listen this far, you're either asleep or, you know, very you have possible. rabies or <laughs> <Very> something. <possible. laughs> um, I'm glad Scott Sutter didn't ruin it for you. Yeah. Yet, anyway. <laughs> and Scott and, Sutter's uh, going to love all the attention he gets on this episode. Yeah. 
Well, well, I mean, he, no one, literally no one else is going to think Scott Sutter jokes are funny except for us and him <laughs> and my brothers, I guess. Hey, anyway, well, that's like that's like an eighth of our audience. There we go. But uh, thank you. You know, I thought, wow, people will want to listen to me, but nobody's going to want to listen to Holden. <laughs> so the fact that 40 people consistently do means a lot. Thank you that's for listening to us. That's 39 people wanting to listen to you and one, one person being me. Well, you don't listen to our podcast. I download it. <laughs> well, that's... Hey, there you go. <laughs> you don't even have to listen to us. Just download it. Yeah. Just subscribe, download. And delete. Make it you look can, like you people You can delete listen. the download later. Yeah, there you go. Tell your family to do that. <laughs> all right. Our social media links are in the description. We'll talk to you guys next week sometime. We'll probably get back to more of a Monday, Sunday-Monday release schedule mm-hmm. as the school year starts up again got some good movies coming soon yeah it chapter two we're looking forward to that yeah Uh, that's in two weeks so two weeks so yes yeah we won't review it next week but the week after i think we'll figure it out stay tuned yeah you're gonna not want to miss that one thanks for listening we'll see you next week bye love you